0: Hey, we are on the topic of assurance. That's very exciting, and I'm assured of that. And what we've been seeing is the Bible says, as we just uh, talked about in prayer, is that when we have eternal life, God wants us, the whole theme is, He wants us to know it, okay? And He wants us to know it so that we can enjoy it. Okay, is what's going on there uh, with the study. And what we saw so far in our study, that God lets us know that we have eternal life. It's guaranteed. Nobody's going to take it away from you, which includes yourself, praise God. And we saw three different ways that the Bible uh, lets us know that. Uh, and that's what we're going to see uh, in our study. Is The first one is with the Bible. Then we're going to see with the Holy Spirit is the second way that we can know that we have eternal life. And then the third one, of course, is the evidence of a transformed life. Anybody changed since when they first got saved? Okay, praise God, because that's evidence, believe it or not, that you have eternal life. And that's what we saw last time was the witness of the Bible. And the good news is, once again, God doesn't just say that we can have eternal life, but when we have eternal life, you got it. Okay, it sounds redundant, whatever, but unfortunately, as we saw, people out there would have the unfortunate audacity, I guess you'd call it, uh, to say that, no, you can't know for sure, or no, you ain't going to get there, or no, you have no assurance, etc., blah, 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 even though the Word of God, I would say, clearly says uh, to the contrary. And God lets us know, not only with the obvious passages we read last time, I'm not going to read through them again, over and over again, that you have eternal life. And not only, as we saw last time, that He uses words that are irreversible, like uh, being born again. How do you get unborn? Born, eternal. How does that become uneternal? But we saw there are two aspects there. That number one in our study, that God has forgiven us. Number one, He's forgiven us of our sins. How many of our sins has He forgiven? All. Oh, so therefore, logically, if God's forgiven us of all of our sins, past, present, and future, praise God. Okay. Then how could there be any sin left to disqualify us for heaven? It's logical, pure logic. Okay. And that's exactly what the Bible says. The second one we saw was the great uh, divine accounting. Uh, technique from God, if you will, and that is that all, uh, God has given us the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, his perfect righteousness. That was his divine accounting that was going on the cross that the Bible talks about, that God basically took all of our rottenness, placed it on Jesus on the cross, and take all of Jesus' rightness and put that on our side of the ledger. Can anybody say amen? Okay, and so the logic was this. Hello, if we've been given the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, then how could we ever become unperfect and unrighteous when we've been given perfect righteousness and it's not ours it's his excuse me okay that's just the witness of the bible we still got two more to go now we're on the witness of the holy spirit the second one there the witness of the holy spirit the top of page 28 says this the bible states in romans chapter 8 verse 16 the spirit himself bears witness okay is your next two blanks there for those of you hooked on blanks bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God at the point of salvation The Holy Spirit is said to come into my heart and live within me until I am with God in heaven Okay, he's our deposit. The scripture says he's our guarantee. The scripture says we are going to get there Okay, and uh, by evidence of having the Holy Spirit. That's evidence that guess what you're getting there Okay, that's what the Bible talks about. And here's a couple verses that speak uh, to that. And hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does what? You don't belong to him. So you have to have the spirit of God If you're a true born-again Christian okay period okay but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead does dwell in you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells within you First Corinthians 619 or do you not know Christian that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have from God that you are not your own boy you could stop right there and preach a long time or at least I could at least I think I could hey it's a preacher disease but anyway that's right have you ever noticed that you got one point, but it takes 55 studies to get through the thing, you know what I'm saying? But whatever, I tell you why. I like it. But anyway, uh, but uh, that's what we call going down deep. But anyway, so, uh, that's our excuse, uh, is the issue there. Have you noticed that uh, this amazing fact, do you realize this, that the Holy Spirit of God as a Christian is with us wherever we go? Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not some electricity, you know, some cults would say, you know. He's not like some Star Wars thing and, uh, you know, some deal like that, okay, he is God, okay, he indwells within us, who is God, now, first of all, that speaks to me of intimacy, right, that's awesome, I mean, God is with us wherever we go as his child, we're never alone, isn't that awesome, now, knowing that, though, should kind of freak you out, in a good sense, that should curb your behavior, because no matter what we do, no matter what we say, God is with us wherever we go, which means he sees it all, hears it all, etc, blah, 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 Okay, but we forget as he says there do you not know and sometimes we act like we don't know Do we not know that we're the temple of god that his spirit is inside of us? He's here where we go Right. Okay, so that that's one aspect now he who prepared for us This very purpose is god who gave us the spirit as a pledge We've talked about that before I believe that's the passage where the word uh, A pledge is arabon in the greek and it was the greek word that was used for uh, engagement ring Okay, so another intimate term that God is using uh, for us as Christians that when we get saved uh, as the bride of Christ, He slips on. He gives us the Holy Spirit His engagement ring. And how many guys are glad that when God we get engaged to Him, He's not going to break His promise. We're making it to the marriage ceremony. Okay, very neat uh, language that Paul uses uh, as well. Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, the Holy Spirit is a person. Person of the Trinity, obviously, is God. He is one of the persons of the Godhead. And later in our study, we will study the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. Until then, let us simply state that the Bible declares that God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, just to recap very quickly, in case you guys missed that particular study, when it comes to the Trinity, uh, see, it's actually already been here, uh, how long have I been here? I've been here since 1922, no, uh, since this summer. <laughs> And I've uh, had several conversations with some folks that just still weren't really sure on the Trinity. Uh, so let's just reiterate that aspect. Now, the Trinity we talked about before, if you're here with the whole study, uh, is, really isn't too difficult to understand. Uh, first of all, it helps you understand the Scripture. If you don't believe in the Trinity, uh, first, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24-26, when it says, Let us make man in our image. Who's us? Hey, if you don't believe in the Trinity... Uh, if you don't understand the Trinity, that ain't going to make a whole lot of sense. There's only one God, but he presents himself as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that makes sense. And then if you don't want to think that uh, there is a God uh, in the Trinity, uh, then who was there at Jesus' baptism? You got Jesus, the Son. You got the Father from the sky saying, hey, hey, this is my Son. Uh, okay, a- And then you got the Holy Spirit, who is God lighting on the Son. How do you explain that? Okay, So it's pretty commonplace. Usually what people do, and I like using the mathematical uh, example because it really clears it up very quickly. Because people would say, like Jehovah's Witnesses and, and, and those that, they would say, well, you mean to tell me that you believe in a plurality of gods? No, the Bible's very clear. There's only one God. Okay, But they say, well, m- well, you got the Father plus the Son and then plus the Holy Spirit. Well, that equals three. No, we're talking one and the same. They're all God. So therefore, mathematically, it's one times one times one times one equals what? One is the issue so we can see how three can actually uh be one uh with the correct understanding and just very quickly we move on uh, to this aspect just in case you missed the aspect of the trinity is uh the great example is the issue of water okay if you leave water alone it stays a liquid okay if you freeze it it becomes a solid okay if you heat it up it becomes a vapor now which one of those is not water they're all water right It's just in different forms and so god there's only one god. There's only been one god In fact, it's illogical to say that there is more than one god because god by definition is a supreme being Which means nobody's bigger than him and so if there was more than one god, then you got a competition going on Okay, it's just he reveals himself as the father the son and the holy spirit as we see there Okay, so we are dealing with the holy spirit. He's not a force. He is god And he's with us wherever we go he is God's, the Father, his, his pledge, his marriage pledge that we are making it to the marriage of the Lamb, okay, is what he's talking about. As we've seen, the Holy Spirit is given to us at salvation and bears witness to our position in God's family. Now, that is a great Christianese uh, phrase there, Orson, bears witness. I'll tell you what that bears witness to me. And of course, as you say that phrase, you have to say it like you're from the South, right? At least I do. That's right. Now, what in the world does that mean? Bears witness. What he bears witness to me? With the righteous and the hypostatic union of Jesus Christ and sanctification there. What? Let's break it down. Thanks for asking. Uh, What does bear witness mean? Well, there's a legitimate place for feelings in the assurance of a new Christian. And this lies in experiencing the inner witness. Okay. Underline that. I like that a little bit better than feelings. Uh, Inner witness of the spirit of God as to his sonship. The inner witness is a sense of, here's your next three blanks, peace, acceptance, and forgiveness peace acceptance and forgiveness okay notice that that isn't just merely uh, a feeling okay per se okay peace acceptance and forgiveness experienced in the life uh, of the true believer okay it's a sense of right standing that adds firmness to a person's commitment it's more than an inner feeling than an external emotion let me give you an example when i first got saved you guys know my testimony Okay, 1980s ex headbanger, drug addict, sexual more, male showman's big guy, involved in Nicole. I hated Christians. I thought they were a bunch of dumb, duped idiots that had. They were so intellectually inept they had to have a Bible tell them what to do. Okay, and uh, next thing you know, a, a divine appointment by God. I wasn't expecting to be a Christian. I had no inclination to be a Christian. I wasn't warming up to be a Christian. I got home, there was the demonic activity was getting ready to slam some vodka because I had a smashing hangover. The demonic activity started. Bang, ran to my bedroom. I was 25. I dropped on my knees. I was all by myself. I cried out to God in bare bones faith and said, God, if you're real and if you're really there and if you want this life, you can have it. And then I specifically knew enough because I was in new age, which meant I tried Buddhism. I tried Hinduism. I tried Eastern mysticism. I tried secular psychology. I tried self-help. I tried everything on the sun except Christianity. But this time I had nothing to lose. I, and I cried out specifically to Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ, would you please forgive me of all my sins and come into this life? Bang! Instantly, I mean, it was radically changed. I mean, I prayed to Buddha, I prayed to all these New Age uh, angels and all these deities and gods and goddesses, and I was—I remember sitting there at bed at night, just it was like a shotgun effect. It's like all and so and so and, and so and so helped me and this and that. I was trying anything. But the f- moment I cried upon and called upon the name of Jesus Christ, instantly the demonic activity was gone. Instantly, I mean instantly, uh, uh, the, I was delivered from all the drugs and stuff. And boy, believe you me, I tried quitting many a times. It was gone. Okay, but listen, here's my point. He talks about this inner witness. Uh, it's not just an inner feeling. It's, a, it's, an, it's an emotion. When I got saved, the moment I was getting saved, I was literally crying and weeping uh, and laughing at the same time because there's one little thing in there i don't know if i share my testimony as i was actually verbalizing the words uh to god uh god if you're really there uh if you really want this life i'm just getting ready to uh, you can have it and just getting ready to call upon jesus the words went through my brain this do you realize that if you do this you're going to have to give up everything you've ever known your whole personality your whole persona because i had built up a persona at that point it was the world according to me the world according to billy That actually went through my brain. And that tells you how much of a stinky booger the enemy is. There at the very tail end, I mean at the very, very end, when I'm breathing the prayer, crying out to God, he's still there trying to get me to turn away from Jesus Christ. Okay, but praise God for God's spirit and his grace. Hey, okay. And uh, so I went ahead and still did that. But here's my point. Uh, after all that, the demons were gone, clear mind for the first time since I was 15. I started going down that route, and, and then uh, the, the, the cravings for the drugs was gone. But here, listen to this. All of a sudden, I had a flashback when I was growing up in Nebraska, when I was in fourth and fifth grade, out in this little, small, little, dinky little town. And it was just a flashback of a time of, and I'll use this phrase, innocence, okay? Because what I had done, guys, I could tell you stories, okay? And I don't want to boast of my sin. Okay, I'll boast in Jesus Christ and his forgiveness of my sins. But I was, uh, I was trying to tell this uh, even to my children, is uh, the, the man you see today is not the man I used to be, okay? I was mean. I was nasty, selfish, self-centered. I was a male showman's pig. I was an abuser of women and people. And, and God had mercy upon me, Okay. God can change a heart, okay? I'm not proud of that, but that's just the, the, the aspect, okay? And so I had all this sin, all this heaviness, all this blackness, all this darkness, and so when I cried out to Jesus Christ, okay, all of a sudden, that flashback from Nebraska came back because it was a way that was going through my brain to describe I had my innocence back. I don't know how to describe this, and this is what I'm saying. It's not just a feeling. It's something has changed. I feel it, but it's not just a feeling. It's this I literally can feel physically different, I literally felt it, it was like I could literally feel the sin being gone. And I had no idea the heaviness and the weight of sin. The more that you continue to sin and go down that dark route and the heaviness and how much it weighs you down, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I could finally breathe now. And I had like my innocence back. And it was like I couldn't explain it, but I knew that God was there and that he loved me and that he forgiven me. And the sin was gone. And I had my innocence back. I was there, I was brand new. I didn't know any Christianese, I bear witness, yes. I didn't have some, my brother come fly in the room, hey, let me tell you little brother what is happening. This is what's called bearing witness with the Holy Spirit. No, I didn't have nobody tell me that. Okay, I didn't have nobody some, give me uh, uh, you know, some sermon on uh, you know, being cleansed from all in right. I didn't know how to describe it. I just knew that, man, I tried everything under the sun, but I called upon the name of Jesus Christ, bang. I am radically changed. I don't think, I mean, from the get-go. Okay, that's what we're talking about when you are a true born again Christian. That's why Paul says earlier, he says, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you don't belong to him. But if you have the spirit of Christ, you will be radically changed okay, and if something, and everybody grows at different weights, uh, rates, we might get to that, okay, uh, but if you don't grow, if nothing happens over a stretch of time, and there is no change of thought pattern, if there's no change, I'm not talking perfection, I'm not talking that we don't blow it, hell, we do, I still do, okay, but listen, if nothing changes, something's wrong, because by nature of being and dwelling the Holy Spirit, you will change, okay, that's a witness that you can say, and that's why I, I want to draw a little distinction there, because so I just feeling, okay? But you will, there's this inner, you, you know it, okay? I even had this sensation. I don't want to get all kind of weird on you, nothing. But you know, the first couple days, it seemed like the colors were brighter. Anybody ever experienced that? It was absolutely wild. I walked outside that apartment, and it was like the green was popping. It was like, whoa, what's going on here, man? This is wild. It was like, life was, whoa, And and, and it's the deadness, it's the sin, it's the darkness, it's all that's been gone now, okay? Something happened. Why didn't it happen when I was trying to do uh, Buddhism? Why didn't it happen when I was going down the Eastern mysticism? Why didn't it happen when I was seriously dedicating to self-help and secular psychology? Why didn't it happen? Because it doesn't work, okay? But when you're a true born-again Christian and you're uh, born of the Holy Spirit, man, you will radically change. That's what it means to bear witness. Something has happened, okay? Let's continue on. As we uh, 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 talk about this, he says this, and and as Christians, this inner feeling more consistently as we study God's word and let it transform our thinking. Thus, uh, we are more able to fend off the lies of Satan with the truth of God's word. And as we mature in Christ, the peace of the Holy Spirit begins to grow. Now, here's a couple things. We talked about this kind of like inner emotion, but we're gonna get in two other aspects, how you know, okay, uh, that you are assured of salvation. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit's in you, as Paul says, you belong to Christ. And you belong to Christ forever because it's a permanent indwelling. It ain't like the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit would light upon certain people, certain kings, certain prophets for a time. That's why when David cried out the prayer, Oh God, take not that Holy Spirit from me. That was a valid concern because God could have lifted it. But this is the wonder of the New Testament and the New Covenant. When we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, it's permanent. And he is there until we get to heaven. Praise God. So even though we might sing that song, it's not good theology, so be, beware of that. Okay. But when he's inside of you, you only have that whoa, that inner uh, you know, emotion, if you will, to use their terminology, like I had my innocence back, and whoa, the colors are brighter, whoa, something's going on here. But we're going to see two other aspects of the Holy Spirit and the witness, and one he's going to teach you, okay, and what we're talking about in reference is in the Bible. He opens the Bible up to you, okay? Number two, he begins to guide you, okay? Now, that is talking about your behavior, okay? And we'll get, I got some great uh, things about that, or at least I think they are. But anyway, so let's take a look at those two other aspects, not only with the inner emotions. I'll go ahead and put that up there uh, for those of you hooked on taking notes. Uh, inner em- emotion, let's take a look at how he teaches us at the top of page 29. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you what? all things and listen and bring to your remembrance all that i've said to you okay and this is what he says here now that we have been indwelt by the holy spirit he acts as our teacher to help us understand the what the scriptures of which he himself originated right because no prophecy came by the will of man it was what by the inspiration of the spirit okay and which he himself originated by leading the apostles and prophets to record what we now know as the Bible. Let's take a look at this passage, and I'm going to give you some examples. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the who? The Spirit. Spirit. Why? For the Spirit searches all things, even the what? The depths or deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man, which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things freely. That means God wants you to know. Can I translate that? I used to love what uh, uh, instructor Dr. Couch said in seminary. He says, God does not play cat and mouse with us. When it comes to the Bible, did you know that God went through all the hassle, if you will, uh, to record for us faithfully, accurately, uh, 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 with complete integrity, uh, the scripture, so that we might know the scripture, right? This, and this was the big breakaway from the Reformation, because the Catholic Church would taught that you do not have the ability, individual Christian... To understand what's in this book. You had to go through the priesthood. Don't you dare go in that book. You might mess it up. And yet, stop and think about it. Why would God go through all this hassle if we needed somebody else to tell you what to do? Right? I'm only here to encourage you. I'm I'm assuming that every single day you're in this book. And that you're praying that the Holy Spirit gives you uh, illumination. That's the issue that's going on here. This is what he says. It's the Holy Spirit who is going to illuminate the word of God to us. So can I encourage you, Christian? I didn't do this for many years until I started to study about one of the reformers, uh, Martin Luther. And he really stressed the importance of not just reading the Bible, but every single time you pick up the Bible, you reiterate what this scripture says in dependency. I don't want to understand this with my own brain. I am praying, and I do it every day now. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm just telling you to encourage you. Learned it before I got it. In the many years it took me. I pray and ask the spirit of God to give me illumination to rightly understand and to apply what I'm about to read. And man, he pops things out there. It's like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? But you're praying in a dependency that it's the spirit of God. God doesn't play cat and mouse with us, guys. God wrote this for us so that we can understand it. You can understand this, okay? I don't, and he'd always give an illustration like, you know, you've got your grandma, you know, out there in the hills of Kentucky. Hey, man, you go and meet her and go, well, how does she know the Bible? Hey, I'll bet you she'll put you to shame. The word of God was meant for us to understand, okay? The spirit of God is the one who illuminates that to us. Let's t- continue on. That is freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Now, this isn't... Again, w- what's the topic? It's, it's assurance of salvation. It, it's talking about the witness of the Holy Spirit. Not just the inner emotion. When you get saved and you're involved in the Holy Spirit, you're radically changed. Something's different, man. Okay, it's going on? Second of all, he begins to teach you. This is why, when we're talking specifically the, about the Bible, this is why, all of a sudden, after you get saved, I didn't have this desire. The first... One of the first things I did after I got saved was, i got to find me a Bible. Nobody was there. Nobody gave me a sermon. I didn't go to a discipleship study, uh, subsection 83012, whatever one we're on. I lost count. But, okay, I didn't go to that study, and I wasn't, you know, oh, I've got to start getting in the Bible. No, it was a natural thing, okay? A- and then I literally went to it, and I remember I called my sister up one day, brand new Christian. I says, hey, you know, she bawled her eyes out when I told her I became a Christian. And, uh, but, uh, but anyway, so uh, I said, I said, I'm reading the Bible. Where do I start? You know, typically people say, uh Uh, john she said ephesians for some reason but there uh it was in ephesians the first verse that ever popped out at me brand spanking new christian the spirit of god popped this one out and it's almost become if you will a life verse okay and that's ephesians 320 that god will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think of according to his power that works within us and that's just been an encouragement to uh, years but that's the first verse so you as the holy spirit how do you know you're saved you're indwelt the holy spirit how do you know you're indwelt truly with the holy spirit okay, and therefore you belong to Jesus Christ, not just the inner dwelling, but all of a sudden you have a hunger for the word of God, and then all of a sudden you start experiencing what I call popping out, you're, you're reading the Bible, and it's like, boom, whoa, whoa, and it's exactly what you needed to hear in that day, in that circumstance, or even after you've been saved for a while, as you continue to read it, how many times did you read through that passage in Romans chapter 5, but this time, the 97th time, bang, it got gotcha. you. Where do you think that's coming from? That's the Spirit of God. And if you, here's the good news. It's like, well, okay, that's the God's Spirit. No, here's, here's what should assure you. The very fact that you're experiencing that interchange tells you you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, okay, which tells you you belong to Jesus Christ, which tells you you're saved and you can be assured of that. okay. That's the, that's the point that's going on there. The position within the heart of the believer, now we're going to get to the behavior. okay. That was with the Bible, the understanding of it, the illuminating of it. Okay, now he starts to guide us the position within the heart of the believer, which the Holy Spirit now occupies, secures the closest relationship so that he, the spirit himself, is thus able to create impressions. I call them promptings, impressions within the Christian's consciousness, which seem to have occurred only in his finite mind. Okay. here's another evidence that you're in dwell with the Holy Spirit as a Christian, which therefore means that you belong to Jesus Christ. Okay, because if you don't have the spirit, you don't belong to Jesus Christ. If you do again, you're saved. Praise God forevermore. Now, this is the issue. How many guys have you ever had a prompting of the Holy Spirit? Okay? It wasn't a bad piece of chicken that you had. Uh, it wasn't some indigestion thing you had going on. Okay? It wasn't a program you are watching on TV. It was truly of the Spirit of God because the next thing you know, this thought went through your brain. You weren't even thinking about it. And I'm not talking about temptation. I'm about something that's, that's just truly from God. Okay? These are interactions from the Holy Spirit. He guides you. He not only is evidence there with a changed life, okay? He not only uh, begins to teach you and illuminate the Scripture to you, but He begins to guide you. You're going about your business of the day. Next thing you know, bang, here comes this thought. And the Spirit of God gets you to move uh, uh, the way he wants you to move. I was on the East Coast one time. I was driving back home, and uh, we're driving on this this back road, and there was this lady who had a flat tire. Okay, so I stopped, right? Stopped, whatever, helped her with the flat tire and stuff like that, got in the car, but as I got in the car, all of a sudden it says, you need to give her a video, okay? I love media ministry. Isn't that cool? You know, Get a video, man. Do something. If you're not armed, you don't get to shoot. But if you got them, man, they go quick. I tell you what, God sets up the appointments. <laughs> okay? Anyway, so, but I pulled, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I kid you not, this was one of the most profound ones I actually had, a, and I had actually a physical response. Okay? I'm going down the road. And I, I'm just, I, I ain't got time because I'm always in a hurry. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. I helped her change the car, you know, the tire, and she should be okay right now. And then I started to rationalize the further I got down the road. Well, by the time I get back, she's already going to be gone. It's not going to be since. Blah, blah blah. I literally got to the next four-way stop, and I literally started having a. I never get headaches like this. I got a pounding, pounding, smashing headache. It's like, uh, and I'm fighting God. The spirit of God, get back there and get that lady a video. I'm no, letting I get it I'm my, my head starts boom, boom boom boom. I make it through the intersection. I couldn't. Take anymore, and I surrendered. and I says, all right, God, I'll do it. Headache went away. Turn right back, continue to turn right back around, winner, and gave the video. I, to this day, I don't know what happened, but I know that's exactly what the Spirit of God wanted me to do, okay? It's these kind of interchanges as you're walking, living, keeping in step with the Spirit that tells you you're indwelt with the Spirit, which tells you you belong to Jesus Christ, which tells you, praise God, you're going to get there, okay, to heaven, you can be assured. Let me give you another one. I was uh, working uh, at a uh, company when I was going to Bible college at night. And uh, so working full-time, going to school at night. And what the company I was working for, I sit, I'm just, we're, like, you know, sitting in a warehouse, doing office supplies, and we send out boxes all over the world and stuff like that. And just hundreds, hundreds, thousands a day, you know what I'm saying? And uh, if there were uh, certain boxes, we had to, you know, had to put the address label to the customer on every single one of them, okay? And so I'm sitting there, just no big deal, whatever. Next thing you know, out of the blue, Tom, the thought goes in my head, put the phrase Jesus, underneath the address, Jesus loves you, uh, On the address label, and so that as these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of boxes that you're putting these labels on, that uh, it says underneath the address, just simply, Jesus loves you. And I'm going, come on, that's stupid. That's small. I can't be from God. That's crazy. Whatever. But you know what? This is one of those times when you actually are obedient. Okay, and so I did it, okay, and I did this for about three months, and the more I did it, I got excited, because I mean, these are going all up and down the West Coast, this was in California at the time, going in Hawaii, Guam, all over the place like that, and by this time, after about three months, I'm talking thousands and thousands of boxes, uh, we're going all over the place, free advertisement, okay, and uh, I'm thinking... Uh, well, you know, I don't know. We'll just keep on doing it. Next thing you know, after about three months, I get a call from my, uh, the warehouse speaker. Uh, Billy, come into the office, please. <laughs> I say, like, oh, no, what want to do, do now? As my boss, I kid you not, he says, hey, I want to talk to you about uh, the boxes. And you know, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He says, I got a call from a customer in San Francisco. It was a Jewish man. And uh, he just basically, I just got a phone on him, and he was raking me over the coals. He said, leave your religion to yourself. He says, don't, have you been putting. Uh, that phrases on the boxes. I said, yeah. He says, hey, man, can't do anymore. So I was obedient to the authority over me, but I had three, three months of free advertisement. And I went there sort of deflated, but then as I got to thinking about it, I'm going, man, isn't that cool? How many other people? That just told me it actually worked. Now, that guy got kind of ticked off about it, but it was a witness. And how many people, who knows, whatever, who knows what kind of a day they were having, that the Spirit of God over three months, thousands and thousands and thousands of opportunities paid at the, uh, the uh, uh, company's expense Okay, I got to share Jesus' love with people. Isn't that awesome? That's the Spirit of God. I never would have thought that up in my wildest day. Let me give you another one. I was a pastor in Northern California. And, uh, and again, what's the premise here? When you start having these kind of interchanges, it's a good evidence that you're in with the Holy Spirit. And if you're in with the Holy Spirit, then you're a true Christian, which means you're going to make it to heaven, you can be assured, is the whole point there. Uh, I was uh, pastoring, and uh, this lady had started coming to the church services, and her name was Stephanie. And uh, Stephanie had uh, a Christian husband, uh, "Quote unquote," and she was uh, probably mid forties at the time, and uh, her so-called Christian husband dumped her uh, for a young chickadee, and probably in her twenties, and uh, dumped her. And here she was, and she'd always been a stay-at-home mom, and uh, and so she had literally no work experience, no none of that kind of life experience. And so here she is on the dumping end, and uh, she was literally came to us in just utter shambles. Okay, and so I kid you not, we've been ministering to her uh, for for a while. And, uh, and the next, and so I, and I'm still at Bible college, just when I was bivocational, and I was pastoring pastor before I, I graduated Bible college, and so I'm driving to Bible college one time, and I had about a 40-minute commute, get about halfway there, and all of a sudden, a thought out of the blue drops in my brain, I give Stephanie a call. And then it was specifically this, give Stephanie a call, and tell her that uh, I love her, God loves her, and that everything's going to be okay. And I go, come on. Hey, it can't be from God. That's like generic. That's like one of those psychic things, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's like, hey, you're, you're going to meet somebody new today. And you're here in Las Vegas working down the strip. Give me a break. You're going to, of course, see somebody new. Like, so I'm sitting there going, come on, that can't be from God. It's like, of course, God, you love her and everything's going to be okay. It's like, well, I fought that, and I fought that once again, just like the other one. I fought that for a good 20 minutes at least. I had about 5, 10 minutes to go before I got to Bible college, and I thought, all right, fine, fine. Right? So I called the number. I'm going, okay, we'll find out. Okay, is this from God? Let's find out. I called it up, and I called her, and I said, and, and she picked up the phone. I said, okay, well, maybe, maybe, this, maybe this is from God. And so uh, I, I uh, said, hey, Stephanie, I know this is going to sound kind of weird. This is Pastor Billy, but uh, I just felt led, uh, prompted uh, that the Lord wants you to know that uh, he loves you, and everything's going to uh, be just fine. She started crying. I'm man, I knew it wasn't God. I'm getting all man, what a stupid man. I shouldn't. And she's and she's sobbing and going to all this stuff, and I'm going, Oh, and she finally composed herself. I felt about that big. And she says, Pastor Billy, she says, You don't know what this phone call meant to me. She said, I was here contemplating suicide. And she said, I cried out to God. And I said, God, I just need to know that you love me and everything's going to be okay. Taught, now listen, God even timed my disobedience. Okay, no, seriously. She said, listen, here was her next, she said, as the first tear hit the pillow, the phone rang and it was you saying, Stephanie, God loves you and everything's going to be okay. That's the spirit of God. First of all, when you walk and live and keep in step with the Spirit, whoever said being a Christian is boring, I don't know, was it one maybe? Is my theory? Excuse me? Or you need to learn to walk in the Spirit. It's exciting. It's a thrill. It's a journey, but that's evidence uh, that you're truly walking in the Spirit. Let me give you one more, and we've got to move on. Uh, this one was shared in a, a speaker who came to Bible college. He was a pastor. and was after a men's Bible study, and he took his group of men there uh, to Denny's. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because that's where you need to fellowship. You know, that fancy French restaurant, Denny's? Yeah, that's how you spice it up. But anyway, so, but uh, if you're low on cash, but anyways, right. you ever been that? You've been to that Scottish restaurant, McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome. You take the kids there. They like Scottish food, but it's McDonald's. That's what it is. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Praise God. Okay. But uh, anyway, but, uh, <laughs> so go to uh, Denae's, that French restaurant, you know, and they're eating there after the men's Bible study, right? And the kid tonight he says, true story. He says, we're in there in the restaurant. It's busy, right? In Denny's lots of people around. And we have this, uh, 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 all of a sudden he, get, uh, he felt prompted out of the blue, hey, sing. I want you to sing a praise song. I, I forget what the, what it was. I'll just say, I love you, Lord, or just something for a safe example. He says, Sing a praise song loud in public now. And he's like, What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody's right here. What are you talking about? Okay? And so all of a sudden, he finally does it. And then the cool thing was, the men caught on he's like you know it's a men's Bible study, right? So they started singing too. So all these men at these Denny's at this booth are singing "I love you, Lord." And there was this female waitress uh, that w- had been helping. And she came up and they're right in the middle. She came back and they're right in the middle of this "I love you, Lord" really loud. And you can't miss it, right? And all of a sudden she begins to weep. He's <laughs> like, "Oh no, now what? Okay, is going on there?" And uh, the pastor said, "Hey, can I help you? Are you okay? Whatever." And uh, so he got to uh, you know just talking with her and and uh, said that she was estranged from her parents. And they got in a big fight several weeks ago, and she, she ran out of the house. A Christian family ran out of the house, and she was living with her boyfriend. Okay, and, uh, and, uh, But uh, what caught her attention was it turned out uh, that that was her, and I don't know if it was a lie, I love you, Lord, but whatever song they happened to be singing was the exact song that was her favorite song when she was back in church growing up. Okay, No, it's not even over yet. Okay, so she finished whatever, did the thing, and he was thinking, okay, well, that was kind of interesting. Well, it it bugged him so much, it's like, because they left, and that was, he thought, the end of it. He goes back after a couple weeks and says, uh, hey, can I, I, I'm looking for such and such waitress, you know, whatever, she's still here? And the guy that he talked to says, uh, well, she was, but she just quit, okay? And uh, she said something about she's going back home uh, to get right with her parents and God, and she's moving back in with them and whatever. And it's just like, what? All that from one prompting, of the Holy Spirit, specifically picking a song that specifically meant on her that God used as a tool to get her back on track. Over and over again. And if we had time, folks, I bet you If you stopped and thought about it, you guys got your own stories, don't you? Because that's what the Spirit of God does. This is how do we know that we're saved? Because when you're indwelt with the Spirit of God, you belong to God. And you're going to get there. It's God's promise ring that you're going to make it there. And when he's in you, you're going to notice things erratically change. All of a sudden, the Bible comes alive. All of a sudden, uh, things like this start to happen. It's like, whoa, this is a pretty cool journey. That's evidence that you're involved with the Spirit of God, which means you're a true born-again Christian, which means you can be assured of your salvation. Let's continue on. And that's the phrase that the Bible uses. Here's the uh, phrase there. For all who are led, that's your next blank there, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Okay, what I just described, that's being led of God, right? Call it promptings, call it whatever, okay? You're being led of the Spirit of God, okay? But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. If we uh, live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is my guide, okay? is your next blank there. The Holy Spirit is my guide in the Christian life. The Spirit of God takes the believer by the hand, as it were, and leads him step by step into the truths of Scripture. Okay, we saw that with the Bible. But the Holy Spirit guides me by reminding me, okay, is your blank there, reminding me of what He has taught me and helping me applying it to my life. Okay? Now, that's a whole other issue. That's when the war begins. How do you know you're in with the Holy Spirit? Because after you get saved, hey, sin starts to bug you now. And then all of a sudden, you get these promptings to not do sin. But then again, you get promptings to do that which is right. That's when the battle begins. Notice there's a battle there. Before, it wasn't a big deal. Now you got a battle going on. Why? Because he's the Holy Spirit, not just your deposit, your guarantee, your pledge, that you're going to get to heaven. He's the Holy Spirit producing holiness in the life of the believer. Which means since we still live and have to battle with a sin nature, we still have to battle with Satan and the demons, spiritual warfare, and we live in a sinful, wicked world, that means we're in a war. And he is going to be constantly at us to say, no, 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 don't, don't, do, do, do. It's a war. And if that war isn't going on inside, something's wrong. Okay? Is what we're going on there. He is also my comforter or my helper. And I will ask the Father, the top of page 30, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you how long? Forever. Once again, you can be assured. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. John fourteen sixteen. Christ revealed to the disciples that after his ascension, he would send to them another helper or comforter like himself. The Greek word used here literally means to come alongside, parakletos, okay, and just as Christ had been a comfort and a help, the Holy Spirit now does the same for me, okay? Uh, And again, that's another witness that you're in the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple, hopefully quick examples. Once again, okay, Uh, once again, I was back at the same workplace. I don't know if you ever worked at a place like this, but my goodness, man, it was just, whoo, it was, I literally got a... A thing in my gut, just in the pit. Ugh, here it comes, you know, because not only I was the only Christian, but they saw me before I was a Christian, a person who was anti-Christian. It's almost almost like I got the double whammy effect. And boy, they were out to get me every single day. Okay, and so this one time I was doing what I felt led of the Spirit of God to do, and this guy totally just mocked me, uh, shamed me in front of all the the boss, the, the secretary, the employees, and whatever, it just made me feel about that big man for doing what God had called me to do. Just made a big old giant scene out of it. I remember walking back uh, to my desk there in the warehouse. I'm feeling completely deflated and just out of the blue. The words go through my brain. How do you think I feel or felt? I'm not saying I heard the actual voice of God. I'm not going into that stuff. But that phrase went through my brain and I felt like that was the Lord. And But it wasn't just that. It was all of a sudden, there was a great sense of peace and relief. <sighs> yeah, you're right. Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't know. Man, you were persecuted. Everybody left you. You were left behind. You were left in the lurch. You were mocked, spit upon. You know what I'm saying? And so he comforted me in that moment. One time we had the, our car uh, ripped off at Bible College, okay? Right in the middle of a lecture, okay? Summer, had the windows open there in the upper uh, part of the classrooms there. And right in the middle of the lecture, I remember this, all of a sudden I hear, I go, whoa, somebody's peeling out in Sacramento. Well, that was us, them ripping off my car. It's what was going on. I found that out in about two hours. But anyway, so <laughs> it's like, what? And so I'm sitting there, we're going there, all deflated, and I sit there, and we go through that, and Brandy had left her keys in there, left her purse in there, and so we, and it was the only set of keys to the only other vehicle that we had at the time, and just, it just it tumbled on down from there, and it just, uh, so I sit there the next day, I had to take the day off to get all that situated, get the re-keyed for the other cars, so we can go somewhere, and all that stuff, and I sat down on the sidewalk, and I was all by myself, and just feeling kind of, man, God, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, Bang. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 goes to my brain. God comforts us in all of our trials. Okay, and uh, why? Not just for us, so that we in turn can comfort others with the same comfort that we received from God. And I was not only comforted by that, and so, but it gave me hope, it gave me comfort, because I'm going, okay, God, I don't see it now, but somehow, way, you're going to use this to be an encouragement to other people, and boy, has he had many times as we've got to share that story. So again, he is our comforter, he's also our helper, and he's also our intercessor, Uh, And in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes uh, for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit uh, is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God okay? Uh, And again, how does this happen? Let me give you a couple quick examples, John. That's right, if we have time. Uh, How many times have you been praying, and the next thing you know, out of the blue, you weren't planning on it. It wasn't on your list, that's for sure. Hey, that thought of that person came to your brain, and you you really, I mean, serious, deep prayer. You really begin to cry out for them. Where do you think that came from? From the Holy Spirit. Okay, Uh, how many times have you been in prayer or whatever, and all of a sudden, he intercedes for you, and next thing you know, you get this sudden burst of of faith. You ever experienced something like that? I will give you one example. This was like, man, that had to have been the spirit of God because that's not the normal reaction. We—I just got home. Brandy was actually—I was, was in New York and she was visiting still with the family back in California. So I was me and the wiener dogs. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. And again, get a wiener dog. Stay away from those large uh, uh, cats, but uh, get a wiener dog and you'll learn some lessons. And so I'm there, just me and the wiener dogs, So I just get home. I walk in the front doors. I'm walking through the front door. I check the mail and I, I got that exciting envelope that said Internal Revenue Service. Dun, 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 dun. It's like, oh, what's going on? Like, you never get one of those unless it's bad. And sure enough, I open that thing up. I kid you not, I open it up. i walked in there. And, oh, Internal Revenue Service. That's exciting. Open that thing up. And, you know, we're self-employed. So we, anyway, so we have to pay our own taxes and all that fun stuff. And so I open it up and they said, you owe 20. This is after we paid all of our taxes. You still owe 2,500 some odd dollars. And I'm going, no, no I said, which, oh, excuse me? Okay, and we already paid a chunk. <laughs> what? You know, but literally, I kid you not, I didn't even get the what part out. It was, I kid you not, it had to be been the spirit of God. You talk about intercessor. I literally, and I'm still in stride. I read those words. I passed the kitchen table there. And heading towards the kitchen there. I put it on the counter and I said, praise you, God. I thank you, Jesus, uh, for this letter. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to provide. And you know what he did? Turns out, did you know that the IRS makes mistakes? Took a couple weeks to get it ironed out, but praise God. But I'm telling you, my response, that was intercessory, man. That was the Spirit of God. That's not how you normally react when you get that kind of news. Are you kidding me? I didn't make that up. And it wasn't just being spiritual. That's how you're supposed to react because you're the pastor. No. I tell you, I would have had a different reaction going on there. But I'm telling you, it was literally, I opened it, saw it, I in mid-stride, didn't even do it, plopped it on the table, bang. And that's exactly what I did. I went to sleep that night. It was awesome. But anyway, that's all. Uh, so we are talking about the witness of the intercessor, And we are not going to be able to get to the witness of a transformed life. We'll get to that, Lord willing, next time. Uh, But that is going to be our third sign that we know uh, that we truly are uh, born again. That when we are saved, we can be assured of it. Again, notice that it isn't just one, not just the Bible, and not just one Bible verse over and over again. Notice it isn't just the Holy Spirit, but how many things did we cover tonight that you can know for sure that you are involved with the Holy Spirit through the inner emotion, the, the, the changed life, a changed attitude towards the Bible as he begins to lead you, guide you, walk you in the Christian life. He begins to move through you and comfort you and intercede with you. Hey, listen, that's not normal. That's supernatural. That is a work of the Spirit of God and that is a sign that you have the Spirit of God, which means you can be assured of your salvation. Otherwise, none of that stuff would be taking place believe you me. But hey, we'll get to the next one, Lord willing, next time. Let's pray. Well hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die God bless.